This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 261 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hello, Reese. Hi, Philip. How are you? I'm good. We're back into our regular schedule. We had a bit of time off there, you know, even though we uh, had an episode, we recorded that one early. So now it feels like we haven't talked in a long time. I know. It always makes me sad to not talk to you. But you had a horse show, didn't you? Oh, I think I had like, it seems like I have 10 <laughs> horse shows before. Yes. Since, since we were talking last, but yeah, all's going well. We had some good results, some good riding, and I'm happy how the weather turned out, and you know, but now it's like, it's busy. It's, it's super busy, you know, between April and May is when it just it kind of like cl- clicks into another gear, and now people are ready to show. Everybody wants to be doing test riding, and you know, the the riders that, that are were outside riding, you know, not, didn't have an indoor in, in the winter to ride in. Now, they, everybody wants to ride, everybody wants to show, and all weekends going to show. Haven't had a day off in a while, but it's uh, yeah. it's fun. It's been really good, really good. Yeah, that's that's the nature of our business, I think. We, you know, it felt like forever, you know, we weren't ever going to get out of that cold I know, winter. we were just complaining all the time. Oh, and, uh, yeah. yeah. But now yeah, we're now going. It's, yeah, it's the same way here. We're, out, we're going, and we had a really big show here last week. Um, I actually didn't show myself uh Sadly enough, first time in a long time, uh, my big mare was just coming back um, from some injury, from a bruise. She really wasn't anything that traumatic. But as we know, if you bruise your foot, it hurts. And so she is back today. I didn't even tell you, Philip. I got four one times on her today. So that was pretty exciting. So she is coming back and oh, doing just well. Just going through the test. Eh, she know. just wants to do Grand Prix. I've decided. She okay, just wants you just to let her. Grand Prix just let yeah, her. I'm like, sure. You want to be a big girl? That's great. But uh, at the show uh jane Bashir, who's been on the been on the program she got her bronze medal over the weekend awesome. so that was congratulations a lot of fun. to her yeah yeah that's, that's a big deal a little bit so of it a, was, uh, an event or con- convert right so yeah exactly that, so that was a lot of fun so we uh had a really busy weekend and, and it's yeah. a busy weekend for me at the horse park because i have an event the same time i have a dressage show so oh. all my students are there so it's it's a pretty fun weekend it's a busy um but yeah how we're was the just, cdi yeah that's, that's a the CDI, CDI you went, were talking about how did that go you know? yeah it went really well um caroline rothman won the grand prix and she also won the special um and Good it was great yeah, yeah we, we her love her bit, but yeah she's been in a couple of other episodes she's great and positive and obviously a good rider and and so again congratulations to her as well and Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that was lots of fun. So we wish her good luck. Everyone now is at least the U.S. riders are heading to Gladstone. Yeah, so gearing up we for will, the big wake yeah. selection. You know all the sorts of good stuff going on. So exactly. We will make sure that we get a couple of those riders. Uh, I got to catch up with Adrian Lyle when she was here, and she said she'd come on the show too. So we've got a lot of lot of fun. The fun things coming here as as our riders get ready for WEG, and we wish them wish them a lot of luck. So. Uh, no, we're good. I, I actually have my first weekend off um, this weekend, which will be fun. And the next weekend, we're right back to showing. So my horses get a little break. So that'll be nice. So Well, that's nice. You know, yeah. we're going to talk a little bit later with Hillary, you know, more Hebert about perspective. So I'm glad to hear that you got a weekend off. 
Yes, it'll be great. So we have a fun <laughs> show. Hillary is always our favorite guest. We just love having her on the show. Uh, so she's coming on the show. And then Emily Abbott, who is an FEI rider and trainer, is going to come on for our trainer tip. So lots of good stuff in the horse show today and on the show today. On our show, yeah. Horse show, I know, our, on show, our show, horse what's show. going on? Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got a bit exactly. before we get to those interviews and all that fun stuff. We got a bit of news. You want to? Uh... Yeah, sure. I'll I'll get us started. So the USCF, okay. the USCF Gold Medal of Distinction, uh, created for top riders, was announced. Uh, to get this uh, gold medal of distinction, um, it is an an honor of riders who have earned team or individual medals or multiple placings in international events. American riders must um, at least have one of the five requirements that are to follow. Uh, they have to be a member of a medal winning team, either on Olympic games or world championships. They have to be a winner of an individual medal at Olympic or WEG winner of an individual medal at the world cup final winner of 10 grand prix and a CDI three star or above, or have placed three or more times in the top 10 at a CDI three star or above outside of the U S with a score of 70% or higher and this criteria is not retroactive. So um, some things to strive for for the U.S. Yeah. Gold Medal I mean, of Distinction. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty tough Tough stuff to get that one. That's, that's Yeah, that's not easy. That's um, not easy. A little Canadian news here. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Lauren Barwick. She is a 2008 Paralympic gold and silver medalist and a three-time Canadian Paralympic uh, athlete she is currently ranked as the number one para equestrian rider in the world so go go canada congratulations yes, Lauren. Ex- yeah yay that, go nice? canada that's awesome yeah what else we got so a little bit more news from the cdi at kentucky uh it was announced that Catherine bateson chandler who is also a wonderful person she rides for jane forbes clark uh Alcazar. They are headed in the right direction. They won both the I-2 classes with a 73.6% and they uh, were high score FEI of the horse show. So that is really exciting for um, a U.S. rider to have such a nice up-and-coming horse. So I wish her all the best of luck for sure. It's tough for those those top riders because not only do you have to be riding you know Grand Prix all the time but you got to have horses coming up and and you know, it's not just about one horse, right? The, the focus has to be on this one and then the next one and then then a young horse or two. And um, so, I mean, that's good good to hear. You know, America needs depth in their program. Everybody's always talking about that. So it's good to see that um, some of these riders having success at, you know, a little bit lo- lower level than and then Grand Prix. You know, whenever they're doing any FEI level, it's, uh, it's you know, it's, 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 tough to, it's tough to ride those levels. It doesn't matter. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, you know, to have horses <laughs> to have success at it. So, uh, what's what's the next piece? I think we got some USDF news. Yeah, next. So, a little bit of USDF news. Um, so, USDF is celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Instructor Trainer Program, and um, they wanted to uh, honor some uh, instructors that have been part of the program as honorary instructors. And that list is Charlotte Bradal Baker, Michael Barrison, Sue Blinks, Kathy Connolly. Robert Dover, Jan Ebling, Michelle Gibson, Lyndon Gray, Ann Gribbins, Hilda Gurney, Courtney King Dye, Carol Lavelle, Debbie McDonald, Tooney Page, Arlene Tooney Page, Stephen Peters, Michael Poulin, Kathleen Rain, Jessica Ranshausen, Gary Rockwell, Gunter Siddell, Betsy Steiner, Christine Traurig, 
Lisa Wilcox, George Williams, and Linda Zhang, and they have all served as advisors to the USDF instructor trainer program. So um, it's a great program. I am I am a certified instructor through fourth level, so I really believe in the program, and I think that. Um, it's been a great thing for my career and my business and to go through that is it's a very hard program to, uh, pass. So it's fun to, to see them doing that. So, um, thank you for all those instructors that have helped sort of guide the program over the last 25 years. So very exciting stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the last piece of news here, I can't wait to get to, it looks like Totalus is back in competition. Yay! Um, 78.68 at the Capellan CDI three-star Grand Prix. Um, it was the first time in two years, and he's ridden by Matthias Alexander Rath. And, uh, and I believe he won the class, and it was awesome. The only little thing that you might want to take note on, it was a little weird, that um, I guess it was five judges, and he scored between 82.9 and 73.7%. So... Yeah, that was the only weird thing, you know, huge spread, 10 percent that, you know, we're trying. I think they're really working on eliminating that kind of stuff. But, yeah, you know, you got two judges, two different perspectives. You know, not much you can do. Absolutely. Everybody gets, you know, all the judges get their opinion and, and, uh, you know, it kind of averages things out. But uh, congratulations to Matthias Rath. Um, Yeah. Everybody's been waiting for Totalist to come back and and hopefully he. Yeah. And he looks great. And healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And. And looks great and um, such an amazing horse. And uh, it is. I, I YouTubed well. it. I have to be yeah. honest. I was curious, and so I YouTubed it. The beauty of you know you have a little time sitting in a doctor's office, and I was googling <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Um, but I, I the looked at it. Smartphone technology is yes, that. Yes, love it. So uh, he looks. He actually looks quite good. He looks better, I think, than he did um, with Matthias in the beginning. So uh, that is yeah. awesome. They've that had is some really time cool. Time to work out you know the bumps and things that's great and as uh, everybody should it takes a year to get to know a horse so he was sort of thrown under the bus there two two years to get to know a grand prix horse absolutely yeah and so fantastic hopefully we see them you know in more upcoming competitions like he can go head to head with uh charlotte dujardin and you know top scores everybody's pushing themselves to get higher and higher scores it's awesome when 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 a wonderful horse comes back to competition Exactly. So we wish everybody luck. It's it's fun to to be, uh, you know, we root everybody on here and and it's always fun to see how it plays out. So we wish him luck. Well, right after this commercial break, we are going to uh, talk with Hilary Moore Hebert, Senior Editor of Dressage Today, uh, for our monthly Dressage Today update. Are you tired of treating your horse for soreness? Well, then be proactive. Benefab offers you and your horse a natural remedy to joint and muscle stiffness, inflammation, and circulatory deficiencies. Benefab offers a variety of innovative products, like saddle pads and polo wraps and quarter sheets for your horse, and socks and blankets for you. Simply ride in it or wear it and feel the difference Benefab's ceramic-infused products make. You can check them out online at benefabproducts.com. Or you can call them toll-free at 855-957-8378. Well, I am so excited to have Hilary Moore Hebert, the senior editor from Dressage Today on tonight. It is our favorite segment of the month. Hilary, welcome back. Hi, guys. 
We love having you on. We we love just talking with you. And then we're like, oh, wait, we've got to actually do this yeah, segment. We've got to so, record some of this conversation, right? We've got to record right? the conversation. So <laughs> uh, we love having you on, Philip, and I always look forward to it. So um, I think we're ready. Let's jump right in. What's our first tip from dressage today this month? Okay. So the theme of this whole month is not doing so much, which I kind of like because it's a thousand degrees here in Maryland. Um and I'm feeling very relaxed. I just would like to do as little as possible with the most results. Um, and, uh, you know, I think as overachieving dressage riders, that's always nice to do every once in a while. So the first tip, and this is um, from the great master, Kira Kirkland. So we know that it's not just us being lazy. She talks <laughs> about uh, overriding your horse and how to avoid it. And her tip is to use your aids only when you feel the horse is beginning to disrespect them. Compare this to a kick sled or, you know, a skateboard for those of us who are not uh, in snowy countries right now. Um, So that when you think about you get the desired speed that you need, you stop pushing and you only push again when it starts to slow down. I thought that that was just a really simple, neat tip because we all have a tendency to kind of bicycle along. As Nicholas Fife um, in an upcoming trainer article said, we shouldn't ride our horses like bicycles that have to pedal all the time. You know, you need to have the capacity to just sit there and enjoy the ride for a little bit. Yeah, this is is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the more ways you can say this, the more clear it becomes to people. And I think this is, you know, one of the, foundations to what we do and uh you know every every time you get to reiterate this point i think it's i think it's awesome you know i'm always saying this and and it's always got to be in the back of our minds so that we don't have to work so hard i mean i try and tell people if you you know you get to ride one horse a day but if you had to ride 10 of them how would you get it done you you would not never have enough energy if you're helping the horse all the time so i love it Touche. I don't have anything else to add. It's so true. Um, you know, I, I just, I'm a huge proponent for it. And obviously, because, yeah, you ride 10 horses a day, you're tired. They can do some work, too. I always tell my students, I'm like, you work, you know, eight hours a day for his one hour, maybe. So it's like he can work pretty hard for one hour. It won't kill anybody. So that's my take on it, too. So love yeah. it. And the and the aesthetic, the aesthetic is so much better and so much pleasing, oh, right? Yeah. Not even that you you want to work less, but we're always looking to make it look pretty, right? So, yeah, this uh, I think that's uh, again a fundamental point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of keeping things simple and kind of going back to basics in my dressage one hundred and one section, again, making things easy, and this is um, how I approach the warm-up, I make things easy. And I have a lot of students who say, okay, I don't know what to do for my warm-up. And this is for anyone at any level. I recommend to them that they memorize the USDS introductory level test C because um, it challenges you to practice and improve your foundation movements, like the center line, which every single one of us should be capable of doing. Transitions, again, something we all need to do and circles to start to warm your horse up in a way that's, um, you know, just really helpful but not too complicated. So knowing this test by heart is a great go-to warm-up for you to have at home or at shows when you need just a simple structure plan to test that your horse is responsive and ready in all three gates. 
Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about warm-up plans before, and, and when you put it down to a test like that, that's uh, a really a great plan. No matter what level the horse is, you, can, you always have to start somewhere. And so if, if you have a bit of a plan, a pattern to do that, that's awesome. I just want to add one thing is that your pattern has to have some purpose. You don't want to be just kind of wandering around it. you got to say, okay, this is a transition. It serves a purpose. Um, my horse has to be kind of sharp off my aids. You know, whatever you know, your horse's issues are, maybe it needs to be a little bit more supple and bending. Use that pattern for a purpose to be bending on circles, you know, straight on the center line, you know, stuff like that. Not just wandering around. I see a little bit too much, you know, uh, the rider riding from point to point to point in the warm-up, but not really getting stuff done. So that that would be my little comment on that. Reese, anything to add here? Yeah, no, I think it's great. And honestly, I'm going to go for even when you warm up at home. You know, we uh, in an earlier episode, um, Gina Smith talked about the warm up pattern and uh, it's a very similar idea, Hillary. I mean, same idea. Um, everybody, you can go back on the website and look it up. It's Gina Smith's warm up plan. Very similar idea. Yours actually adds in center lines, which I think is a really great thing to also remember. You know, we forget those center line scores add up quickly. Uh, there's two in every test, minimum. There's two of them. There's two of them in every test. And, and, you know, even in first level, you know, really every level you're going to be doing stuff around the center line. So it's okay. super to practice. But I even think, you know, I find myself even to warm up, uh, you know, I start thinking about a phone call I was on or whatever, and I start wandering and every, you know, so I have gone to the warm up pattern as almost every horse does it because a uh, very similar idea at home as well, because, uh, when I didn't do it, I was finding myself wandering around kind of doing whatever and, and taking 10 or 15 minutes to sort of get to the nitty gritty. And I have taught a ton of students this, this idea and it is great. It, it, I, I cannot, and you can make it your own too. This is, this is even better because it's a test. You memorize it. Um, and we all know when we're busy, it shows, uh, and nervous, it's just great to have something memorized that you can do. So yeah, you fall back I into the it. groove. Yeah. And the horse appreciates yeah. as well, you know, it, it as well, because, you know, they're also stressy at the show, but you get them into the groove of that warm up pattern that you've practiced every day. And they're like, Oh yeah, I know this. And then you just kind yeah. of get it done. And, and like I said, you get into the groove and then you can move on to whatever specific things maybe you want to warm up for for your horse and your show and your level but you got to have something to fall back on when it's all going yeah it's all going screw it's not going you know? yeah it's not everything not feels weird well yeah. you have to have a plan for it to go to go to plan right so i love great. it and Hillary, I've got to I've got to compliment you again. Your dressage 101 tips are great. I'm still using the diamond. I just used it in a lesson this afternoon. Um, so everybody, you need to read Hillary's dressage 101 in dressage today because it is it is great. I I'm looking forward to it now. Every magazine, so keep it. Up. I'm gonna give Hillary a props on that for sure. Well, and I think um, you know I I just want to go back to what we talked about in terms of the center lines. Because I have found that the more that I've practiced it with this warm-up, there's a couple things that I noticed that happen. The first is um, the leg yields become easier. So you start to focus on, uh, you know, really getting that straightness out of the turn. And people say, um, okay, we're talking about intro and training level, and I'm not supposed to be practicing my 10-meter voltes yet. But 
you know, maybe so, but everybody has to do that turn off and on center line, and it starts to shrink the bending line for you smaller than those 20-meter circles that you're riding so that you're much sooner preparing what is expected of you when it's time to do the first level work. So I really like it for that reason, and then the other reason is um, I noticed before I did this, there could become times with some of the upper-level horses that if I was doing a turn onto center line for a half pass, I'd sort of, you know, would get to that point if I wasn't at a show and realize that was kind of the first time I had turned onto center line to get into the half pass. And I didn't feel as balanced and I wish I'd kind of just gotten it out of the way a little bit sooner, gotten the horse a bit more collected with the transition that you need with the halt at X. Then when you turn onto center line, again, as in the leg yield, um, the half pass becomes easier because you've kind of worked out your straightness and balance issues first before having it sort of pre- presented first when you're in a moment that's one of the the more challenging at the level that you're at. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no reason why you can't lay down your fundamental fundamentals every day first. You know, first thing, use it as a warm up to to do your center line. You know, it's only a little quarter of a 10 meter circle kind of thing it's not like it's a full 10 meter circle or a, or a half of one so it's good to start thinking about those things building strength in your horse's hind legs connection straightness uh you know a little turn off the outside rein it's perfect it's you know it's just all the horses yeah. need it all the levels need it right yeah like we said. exactly so there you go well and i think just the idea of kind of thinking ahead you know i think some so people get stuck in i'm showing training level i'm showing first level well in training in first level, you're sort of working and showing at the same level. But after that, you know, once you're in first level, you should, you know, be thinking about second level work at home. Same thing with second level. You're showing second level. You should be working toward third level at home. So just this idea of kind of looking ahead and knowing, you know, this is going to help me with this is super important. And, um, Sometimes when it's your first go around, first time training a horse, you don't sort of see the forest for the trees. Uh, That's where good trainers and and friends come in in handy because they can see the forest for the trees and say, okay, this is really important to work on your center lines, not only for the test, but for balance on things that you're going to have later. So just a good reminder to always be sort of thinking ahead as well. Mm -hmm. So, Love it. What's our next one? So speaking of, you know, moving up the level, so then as we go onward and upward, you need to start thinking about, um, you know, real uphill balance in a horse. And um, Candy Allen talked about this in her What I'd Wish I'd Known Then, and I thought it was great because she was saying that some people will say that, you know, to really get quality uphill balance, you need to buy it. And she says not so. And I liked this tip um, because, again, it reminds me of summer and it's starting to get warmer. So she said that um, a good way to get real uphill balance from any horse is to um, think about him coming over his back like a wave forming if you were sitting at the beach and that the energy of the water is pushing from behind, causing the waves to come up and around like a horse's energy pushes from behind up and over his back and down his neck. I thought that that was really neat to just have that visual that, again, you know, it's not just confirmation. You can develop that energy and build it, and that's a nice feeling of creating that power and what direction it goes in as you create that, as, again, we talked about, you know, moving up the levels as you're working on things. 
Awesome. Awesome. I mean, uh, this is why I like these little articles and our discussion every month is because, you know, these are no surprises, but they're, you know, a different way to think about the same concepts, right? You know, as trainers, we need a lot of different vocabulary to, to teach different people and to reiterate concepts. And all the time, if you're just saying the same thing and the person's not getting it, then you got to come up with different tools in different ways. So this gives, I know Reese loves it. I love it. You know, all different, uh, ways to help people but if people are ready reading these things and and they come across this you know then there maybe you know a little light bulb can go off for somebody on on a concept that they their own coach has been saying this for a long time and uh and then get new ideas and and not different concepts same concepts but just, you know working uphill doing a wave i mean that sounds or thinking about a wave you know that's 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 great you know maybe not a tsunami wave not so big and powerful, but every horse is a little different in how you want to how you want to develop these things and and uh, you know I like how the the visual of the wave kind of cresting and that's up in the pole and this is cool yeah I love it mm-hmm. yeah great visual love it I think anytime you can think about that that idea of uphill structure um, you're going to need it pretty much after training level. Um, your first level, they even say, you know, an uphill tendency. So I think it's a really good idea. And just that idea. I mean, I, I know that all three of us, uh, I talk about activity behind all day long. So it's, it's great to, to talk about it and, and carry on. So love it. Yeah. That water pushing the wave. I love that more and more. I think about it. Yeah. Thanks Hillary. That's awesome. What's next? (laughs) What else you got here? Okay. So Still speaking of water, but in a totally different direction, um, we had the very lucky privilege of getting a huge interview with uh, British Olympian and gold medalist Carl Hester. So, of course, we gave him an extraordinary eight pages of the magazine because he's unbelievable and everything he talked about was so cool. And I thought it was really neat because he got to talk about his... um, upcoming dressage star dances with wolves that maybe not all of the listeners are as familiar with as his Olympic mount. Um, but, uh, I thought it was really interesting because you sort of imagine, okay, here's this unbelievable rider. He probably has all these perfect horses and, you know, how can he have struggles? And, um, again, sort of going back to simple problems and simple answers, he said that Dances with Wolves is just a massive horse. And back to the water reference, he said that when things got really hard, he felt like it wasn't dressage anymore. He felt like he was just water skiing. He said that, um, you know, just it made him really test him physically to ride the horse. But, uh, you know, he just said that his horses hack and they all get cantered around the fields and they all get turned out. And so even though Dances with Wolves was very, very strong, and I'm sure probably still is, he said that he expects his horses to fit in. So, um, you know, out the horse went, and uh, he said he didn't want to make any concessions for him, and so he's been um, out hacking through the hedges, and he's done it all, and he's come um, out on the other side, and he has to be a normal horse if he's going to cope with the pressures of competing, so he's, you know, making sure that Dances with Wolves stays in program like all the others. I thought it was interesting because I thought to think that here is his possible leg mount and what he struggles with is that this horse is just very strong and um, hot-headed and, uh, you know, the struggle and the answer is 
turn them out, take them hacking, treat them like any other horse. And as you all are aware, you know, he's been doing very well with him. So I thought that that was a very interesting thing to hear, that that's something that goes all the way up to the top with how people deal with things and, you know, the issues that they're dealing with with all those horses. Well, and he's extraordinary. I mean, to listen to him and Charlotte Dijonet, who I just, I mean, I just really like the way that they think of their horses and, and what they do with their horses and how they, you, you know, they, they just have a really great sense of these are horses and they need to go outside and they need to hack. I, I think they hack at least twice a week um, on the roads. And I, I mean, you, you read all their stuff and you're like, okay, this makes sense. You know, having a tractor come up behind you on a, on a country road, isn't that different than a golf cart at the Kentucky horse park during the WEG, you know? So I think it's really cool how they look at these horses and how they handle them. Um, so I, I try to read everything that comes out of their, out of their yard, um, in England, cause I think they really have a cool sense of, of how to create really, really neat grumpy horses that aren't in a bubble and you don't have to, you know, I remember there was a rider at the wag at literally at the wag that essentially shushed the crowd, like didn't want anybody to make any noise. And it was like, what is happening? Like this could happen at a world championships. Like, you know, our horses should be used to hooping and hollering and, and having a good time because we want people to come and, and these are international horses and, and these horses have very, very different pressures than, than a lot of other horses, you know, showing at night, showing under lights, showing under jumbotrons, you know, this is all stuff that they have to get used to. So I love it that they don't put them in a bubble because I think they really, recognize at the end of the day, you know, it's not going to help them have the best performance. So, um, it, that was a great article too. Like I said, I just love everything that, that comes out of there and, and really respect what they do there. So, um, I enjoyed it a lot. And I think, um, you know, to finish off with my last tip coming from him again, making it simple, but this time talking about, um, you know, really respecting yourself and all of your students and everything. Um, when asked why his training was so successful or is so successful, his answer was um, that he doesn't work so hard that he doesn't have a life, and he always remembers that. And he never gets so busy making a living that he forgets to make a life, and he said that he really loves that saying, and it's so true, and that Utopia and Vallegro won their first Grand Prix at nine years old with a 70%, and it sounds as though... They're working really hard. The horses are working hard, but that's not, you know, necessarily the case. He said that they train four days a week, and it's about, um, you know, really getting them fit. But it's also about having a process in place and then enjoying things so that, it, again, it's simple, that this the system has a lot to do with the lifestyle of the horse and, um, you know, treating them as animals and thinking about your students and treating them as students and realizing, you know, the horse is not a computer and, um, you know, that when horses or students work hard for you, that you need to, you know, respect that and not just make them, you know, be 25 um, hours a day kind of work. So I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah, I think it's it's great. And I think that he has created a lifestyle for himself. And, and I think that's always a, a nice reminder coming from three trainers. I'm sure, you know, uh, you your trainer deserves a life too. 
you know, it's everybody's pleasure, but it is our job. So um, I, I always work on that. And I think it's always a nice reminder that, that Carl Hester, you know, he has a life. And I think that that's important to allow all your trainers to have a life at some point. You know what I mean? And your horses. And your horses. Well, I think that was really well said, guys. Did a great job, you know, summing up those articles. I mean, I I can't say anything more. All good concepts. I think um, Carl Carl Hester, I think, comes down to just having perspective about our sport and perspective for the horses and how they live their lives and how he lives his life. It can all too easily get wrapped up in all this dressage thing, but when you think about it, it's only dancing around with horses. It's it's not always life and death. It's, It's hardly ever life and death as a matter of fact. So uh, it's good to be able to take a step back, look at it, and make sure the horses are having fun, the people are having fun, students are having fun, trainers are having fun. I think everybody does a better job when we're enjoying what we do. So it's okay to be um, just just take a step back and you know maybe have a drink once in a while. <laughs> I know, that's, that's how I feel about it as well. So that's great. That's uh, really nice, nice articles, really great tips. Hillary, as usual, well, I can't wait till next month to see uh, see what's going on with uh, Dressage Today magazine. Thanks for coming on again. Mm-hmm. And Hillary, how do our listeners find you online? You can check us out at dressagetoday.com as well as finding us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Pinterest. Well, right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with Emily Abate. She is an FEI trainer and rider in Wellington, Florida, and she also runs a sales business. And we're going to talk a little bit about our pet peeves on sales videos. Do you have a company in the horse world? Are you looking to get the word out about your products, services, or shows? At the Horse Radio Network, we understand our advertisers need to reach the equestrian consumer in the most efficient, cost-effective way possible. Internet radio shows like this one, also called podcasts, allow the flexibility and creativity to craft unique messages that stand out from the herd and reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. If you want to learn more about advertising on this show or any of our shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at Glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com or you can call us at 859-951-2022. Our listeners are terrific, engaged, and avid horse people, the ones that you are looking for. Well, it is so exciting to have Emily Abate, FEI rider and trainer. She owns a sales business in Wellington, Florida on this evening for our trainer tip. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we have been friends and known each other for many, many years. We used to do oh, the, yes. Con- yeah, the Conrad Schumacher Clinics in Chicago, and um, I'm really excited. Now you live in Wellington, and you have a big business selling horses. So when we were talking and in, in kind of creating our trainer tip, we talked about just how to create a good sales video. And, and yes. I think... A lot of people, this can go badly quickly. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think just the whole process can be very daunting. And, and I, I find yeah. it very emotional. You know, you, you want to sell your horse, you make the decision, and you want it done the next day. And sometimes right. it doesn't happen like that. So right. help us, uh, you know, put some light, uh, shed some light on, on this topic. How, how do you go about making a sales video? How do you present your horse in the best way that you can? 
Well, that's an awesome, awesome question. You know, the biggest, the biggest problem is first off, there are so many sales videos out there. Some are wonderful and beautiful to watch and others are just horrendous to be honest <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the quality of the horse or the oh, quality of the, the rider yeah, that's nothing to do that's the bad <laughs> yeah, that's the terrible part about it yeah right exactly so um number one is i for me don't make it too long and you know people especially now with you know youtube and facebook and twitter and all of these things people's attention span is literally about two minutes so most horses even a grand prix horse can be shown through most of their work in about two minutes and really, the sales video is designed to capture people's attention, not necessarily sell the horse, right? You sell the horse and they come to the farm and they sit on him and meet the personality and all of that fun stuff. So the sales video is just to capture the attention and say, okay, maybe I want to go see this horse. So you want to show the best parts of that horse. You can talk with this prospective owner when they come and say, well, you know, he's schooling for St. George, but maybe he needs a little work on this, this, and this. That's the time to do that. If he's maybe struggling with some extension work, don't show the extension work. This is not necessarily saying that you're going to not show them that he needs a little work on this, but you want to you know, present the horse in the best light at that moment that you can. So pick five things that this horse is really good at. It can be a three-year-old and it can be a Grand Prix horse. It doesn't really matter. Every horse has something they're very good at and every horse has something they're not so good at. So that's number one for me, not too long and definitely keeping it um, positive. Everything's positive. Um, if you have a horse that's really, really quiet and just easy, ride it in the field for the video. You know, I have no problem with that. Put a little snippet at the end of it, trotting and cantering in the field. You know, that will help buyers know, okay, what type of horse am I really getting with this? And, and it does this fit what I need. I know you guys did another show about, you know, figuring out what you really need in a, in a new horse and a new partner. Um, so that's my first number one. Um, the other one is quality of video. Um, you know, it's so enticing um, to, you know, to take a video with a phone. <laughs> and we've all done that. I've done that. But the biggest thing is to get a, as high a quality video camera as you can get. Um, there's so many nice digital cameras that have an HD um, option. And so I would go that route and have someone, doesn't have to be a horse person, preferably it's a horse person, but it doesn't have to be. Somebody that can take a nice video, um, you know, kind of do a little zooming in, zooming out. So it's not just, you know, you disappearing to the other end of the arena and the horse is like, you know, two inches big now. Good point. Um, yeah. So, yes, you know, you know keep point. it because that, again, that's eating up your time. You know, you need to show the horse as, not, as best as possible and edit your video. Edit, 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 edit. You know, everybody, I think, feels, especially because most train trainers and most riders and owners are very honest, and they feel like, well, you know, it wasn't a great transition, but he kind of does that sometimes, so I'll just leave it in. <laughs> you know, and really edit your videos. Make them as positive and fun and enjoyable to watch. Um, the other, this is a personal preference. Um, I don't necessarily always do it, but I think a lot of um, prospective buyers do appreciate it. It's showing a quick little snapshot um, either the beginning or the end of the video of the horse without tack on. Just so they can see the confirmation, especially if this is like an out-of-state client, um, that, you know, they're spending a lot of money, a lot of time to come down, fly down, stay in hotels, look at the horses. Um, I think it's important that they're able to see a little confirmation. 
when I, you know, as a professional, so I'm looking for horses for people. Um, mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Two minutes is sort of the max for yeah, me. Yeah, I find myself yeah. zooming yeah. through yeah. stuff or just, you yeah. know, finding on the YouTube bar. Okay, now yeah. he's cantering. Click on that. Yeah, click on. Okay, now he's walking. <laughs> click on for, that, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, I, yeah. and I do make my decision within the first 30 seconds. Kind of like, absolutely. you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, advertise, yeah. you know, uh, marketing geniuses have this all, you know, the advertising down to a pat. You might, you yep. know, think about a few of these things at least um, when you're making your video and, and advertising your horse and and that kind of thing. So it's good and, that we can offer right. a little bit of expertise, yeah. you know, from trainer's perspective, from a seller's perspective, from buyer's exactly. perspective. For- yeah. You know, if well, you were I mean, a buyer, what I- would you want to see of your horse or, you know, what? Exactly. Yeah, a good point. Exactly. Yep. The other thing that I found really helpful, and I suggest this to anyone that is selling, whether it's a baby horse or, you know, a finished horse. If you aren't comfortable as a rider, if you're the owner and you're not comfortable being on video and that makes you nervous, then have your trainer ride the horse for the video or have a yeah. friend ride the horse for the video. You know, it, it needs to feel very soft and comfortable and easy and, again, very enjoyable to watch. Um, if you're, or if you're just generally like a little self-conscious and you just don't want to be on the video, that's totally okay. Just find there are plenty of um, riders in most areas that are willing to come out for just a you know, simple day trip fee um, and you can do a whole video. They'll ride the horse as long or as short as you want um, and just maybe to present the horse in, in the best light possible. Um, I'm personally not a fan of using show videos as sale videos. Um, I think it's trying to accomplish something with the wrong avenue. Um, show videos are wonderful and I like to use clips sometimes, you know, if you have just a beautiful, you've got a beautiful test, right? And, it, and the horse is showing and you want to present that. That's totally fine. But don't put the whole test on, you know, right. on Add it, add it down to the good stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I, I actually, I mean, I, I'm going to jump in because I'm, I'm kind of the other way around. If yep. it's a good test, I don't mind seeing the test, actually, because then okay. I, I, I mm-hmm. myself, like if I see an actual horse show, I may actually watch it. Um, yeah. I'm certainly not going to watch it. I think Reese, like, I mean, you know, have a, have a second a second video in your back pocket, you know, so that I can look, watch, right. look at the good stuff and then, good and then say, you right. know what? Contact, email the person, you know, I'm interested. Do you have a little more video right. or something? And then, yeah. then they can, you know, right. when you're Fair trying enough. to read out the different horses, I think, you, yes. you know, um, Emily's got a but, good idea. Keep it short, keep it simple, and then have a little more in your back pocket if you want, right? Exactly. You know, have a short, concise right. thing and, and then a little bit more, um, you know, right. maybe a few more confirmation shots. But again, like she said, like you said, Emily, you know, you just want to get that person's interest. Like, oh, that looks good. Okay. Right. Um, without cutting it too short, I'd like to be able to see a yeah. walk, trot, and canter, you know, a little bit that free I agree. good walk. I mean, yeah, if you're I, saying that my horse is shit walk, I'm not going to show that on a video. Yeah, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to go, they yeah. did not show a single step of walk. It obviously is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. If it is bad, it, right. I mean, if it is bad, I can say, okay, well, that's how bad it is, right? Or, you know, right, maybe, exactly. I'll, maybe I'll be interested right. in the horse enough to say, you know, do you have some video right. that I could see the walk in? You know, so that's it. Right. Know, Right. I have a couple of pet yeah, peeves. I, One of them is slow yeah. motion video. Drives me oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, don't do that. I, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you guys, the same thing. Good, good. Ugh. I don't know who yeah, they're advertising to, but slow motion doesn't do anything do for me. Yeah, no, don't do it. it. it right, right. It, it doesn't, especially from, from a trainer's standpoint. Yeah. You know, we our eyes are trained enough to see the biomechanics of the horse. We don't need to see how the foot falls on the ground. 
So while I, it's maybe a little artistic and cool, okay, I get where you're going with that, <laughs> but ultimately yeah. it doesn't really help us. And most trainers will just sort of skip over it. Yeah. Again, yeah. that's so, where the, the um, YouTube yeah, totally kind of helps me out a lot. Yeah. 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 No slow motion um, video. The, the other thing um, that we don't do in our barn, which a lot of barns do, which is totally cool, and I have no problem with it. This is, again, personal preference. The video should reflect you and your horse and the, the atmosphere that the horse is used to being in, right? So if you're selling, if you're selling a pleasure-type, lower-level dressage horse that's very safe, goes to the horse show, is very easy, comfortable, don't try to present him like a Grand Prix horse. That's just not who he is. So, you know, highlight him. He doesn't necessarily have to be braided. You know, some people braid for the videos. I have no problem with that. But, you know, you want to present, you want the, the feel of the video to reflect the horse that you're selling. So that's, that's kind of a big thing for me. Um, I don't like, and, and you guys actually may have different ideas about this, um, I don't like polo wraps in video. You know, I want to see the legs. I want to be able to see how it goes. So for me, you know, the horse show without polos, it's not going to hurt the horse for <laughs> to school for 15 or 20 minutes, you know, without polos at home. <clears throat> That's just a personal preference. I'd be curious to see what you guys think about that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Really. Yeah, e- yeah, either way, it doesn't okay. bother me because I'm going to I'm going to go <laughs> see the horse. You know, I have I have 30, right. 30 seconds. I'm going to decide, do I like that horse? Do I not? Am I going to watch more? Am I going to find right. out, are there other videos? Because, of course, then I'm going to go to YouTube and Google the horse's name and the rider's right. name, you yeah. know, and do some more right. research on the horse. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it doesn't, that doesn't, that for me, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think if, you know, right. preference, I'm also the same braided, not braided. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't even care when I go look at horses if they're braided. Right. I mean, I kind of feel like. Clean is good. Clean is nice. Clean is But I don't, but. I don't care about braided. Braided yeah. doesn't, and right. to me, I, it doesn't make any difference. You know, I know right. that when you, you know, it looks very professional if you braid when, when somebody comes right. to look at your horse, but not something right. that I'm, I really care about. But yeah. I will right. tell you what my pet peeve is, is. If I'm looking for horses and I'm sitting, I'm finally in my office and I'm I'm technically billing the person for the hour in which I'm sitting down. Right, right. If if all the information is not online, that drives me crazy. You know, you put yeah. an ad up without a yeah. picture, or you put an ad up without a video, <laughs> and I have to then send a video and like or send an email yeah. like send a video for me. You know, I it that's that drives me crazy. Like, just if right. you're gonna put your horse up for sale, get all your ducks yeah. in a row. Is yep. my opinion. I agree. You get your pictures, yep. get your video, get all your information, yep. what you want to say about the horse. Um, yep. Answer the emails. It drives me crazy <laughs> if I found a horse and I am yeah. chasing the trainer. I'm like, what is going What's on? Going You're on. trying to sell me yep. something. So yep. that's yep. a big pet peeve for me too. Is is if if the trainer, you know, nobody gets back right. to me in a timely manner. I'm not saying in the next thirty seconds, like. You know, I like to give right. twenty four to forty eight hours is yeah. very doable. <laughs> so very doable for you know, and if it's a it was yeah. a horse, there's a lot of interest, you know. But right. the other thing is, right. I will tell you that if you like the horse, I have a lot of clients that'll sort of him and haw and watch the video, and but there are times mm-hmm. that you, if that's a, if that if that's a desirable horse, you need to get on the list and you need to make a yeah. phone call and and don't wait around. Um, you know, make your phone call, watch a video a couple times and, you know, really it never hurts to sort of educate your eye, um, by watching multiple videos, you know, go online and watch videos or go to the, there's a lot of sites where there, there are people and you know, their horses for sale, educate your eye a little bit. And, and so I think that that helps a lot. Yeah. What, what, yeah. What are you looking for? You know, what level you're looking for? What's the price range? You know, when they get a a few horses in that, in that 
kind of range and and you can i mean it's so i mean we're complaining a lot but like the yeah. technology is awesome you know <laughs> yeah, for us to be able so to do this you know? think about the days where it you're is. like can you please send me a vhs tape and, oh, oh my god you, you know yeah. so we're really being picky oh here but you know as right. the technology improves people expect a certain thing i remember um sure. I used to pay somebody to do the videos, right, for me, for me, because they had all the editing software. You know, we got a lot of software and 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 great hardware to be able to do this stuff. Um, but if you know, if you do your video and it doesn't look great, there's still lots of people who will do it professionally and probably do a pretty yep. good job and have a competitive yep. price. You know, and to help you out a little bit with this, if you don't have a trainer that's done a lot of videos or you know you're just trying to sell, um, you know, even if you're selling a two-year-old. You know, it's worth having a nice video, right? If you just shoot oh, something yeah. that the horse is running around in yep. the field being chased like a, by a lunge. Yes. Oh, my of these, gosh. You know, and the horse is running around yes. the person. The person is trying to lunge the horse while videoing. Oh, you did a terrible yeah. job. You know, and think, you know, did I really yeah. show my horse off to the best of what he looks like? Or am I just sending this out right. and hoping the person is going to like the horse? You right. Know, yeah, right? It's, it's, it's competitive in the sales market these days more than ever. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. yeah, maybe it's worth spending a hundred bucks to get somebody out, edit the video, make it yep. look nice, and and they have a yep. little expertise in that. So, I think it's great. And uh, one more point I was going to make is if if the mm-hmm. horse is, uh, you know, you're advertising it as a certain this level horse, show some of that stuff. Like, pick out what's important. Like, if 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 you're advertising the horse as a third level horse. And it's only shown mm-hmm. second level. Well, don't try and do a flying change. But if it is a third level horse, you better show me right. a good flying change each direction. Agreed. Because that's what <laughs> yes. a, the, what that's what distinguish distinguishes a, a second level horse from a third level horse. A flying right. change each way and, and half a little pass. half pass. And the yep. half pass. That's the difference, right? Or a little pirouette. You know, like you said, like if it's yep. not great, maybe maybe save that video or whatever. But you know, I'm going to call up and say, you know, is this a third level horse? Does it do a change each way? Right. 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 And if it doesn't, it isn't a third level horse. Agreed. Exactly. Right? I, You know, I have no problem if I'm looking for a client, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way. I have no problem if I'm talking to the trainer and they're like, you know, we're schooling the changes. They're 80% right now. Right. I get that. That's yeah. the way it is sometimes. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. If you can say it's a solid second level horse and we're working on these things, that's totally fine. But to say, like, you're, you're totally right. To say it's third level or try to show it as a third level horse in the video, and then it just looks like a bad quality third level horse rather than right. a really, really good quality right. second level horse that's starting to move up. You're not going to fool anyone. That's the thing. Yeah. You're not going to fool anymore. anyone. So you might as right. well say it's a right. wonderful second level horse, got some great scores yeah. at second level. Perfect. Yeah. I say, okay, great. You know, maybe I, you know, maybe when I'm looking at this horse, I have to say, okay, with my client, we've got to work on the changes. You know, they're not great. That's yep. that's totally fine. You know, but yep. to say it's third level yep. and it did one change from right to left once ever, it's it's not <laughs> yeah. even really schooling third level, is it? Right. I you know, agree. Be honest. I agree. Be honest. Agreed. So, yeah. I agree. You know, yeah. so I guess, the, um, you know you need a little bit of experience to you know, and and when you're advertising the horse. Be honest about it. Be honest at what level it's done or that it's doing. And and because the only thing that you do when you get somebody out to look at your horse and it's not what it what you said it was, is you just mm-hmm. piss somebody off and you get a bad rep or, you know, they're not right. going to come back to look at another horse for you. Or if it's, you know, I have right. certain trainers and I'm like, you know, I went to see this one horse and they said it was this and it wasn't that. I'm, I'm worried about going back to that farm. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, really. It's a small world. Yeah. I talk to Reese. I yeah. say, you know, hey, Reese, this is horse in Kentucky. They're saying it's this. Um, yeah. And then Reese will go, well, you know, mm, 
Maybe not. So, yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. so. Maybe, you know. Great points, guys. Great discussion. Love I it. Think. I need Love to get it. that. I, I hope you can feel I need to get a little bit of that off my chest about the slow yes. motion. Yes. I guess. It's you feel better now? Philip, yeah. he's been to therapy. Yeah, I feel a lot <laughs> yeah. better about that. Um, I wanted to make one one more um, point yeah. as far as the videos go. And this is true when people come to see your horse as well. And I'm sure you guys have discussed this. But, um, and this should be strictly also from a training standpoint, which I know you guys will agree on. The tack has to fit. Yes. You you know, if you've got straps hanging down and the flash is too big and the nose band is pulling down on the nose and, you know, it, that, I, it, okay, first off, it makes the horse look um, less quality than it is. You know, it may have a beautiful facial structure, but if the bridle is not fitted, it's going to totally change the line. Um, and also saddle pads have to be A, clean, um, <laughs> and they also have to fit properly if you have a really really small saddle pad on a really big horse it makes him look fat <laughs> and if you have a really silly. big saddle pad on a really tiny horse it makes him look smaller and and rather than being petite and pretty it makes him look small and weak so you, you know you think about these things think about the visual idea of of really yeah. you know take a snapshot yeah. of your horse with its pack on and show it to people that don't know the horse yeah you I know mean, and, just, and let you know, them just kind of take a look back. at it making a little perspective. If I was, yep. you know, this is not my horse anymore. If I was kind of looking at this, what is, what's, you know, what kind mm-hmm. of impression am I sending? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Great points. Great Love points. it. Well, Emily, how do our listeners find you online if they need any more advice? It's very easy. Uh, my website is emilyabate.com. Um, my, and my email is on there. And my email is just emily at emilyabate.com. Very easy. Um, you can Google me if you forget the web address. Um, I'll be the first one that comes up. Um, and you guys can, my phone number is on there as well. So if you're happen to be in Florida and you're looking for some horses, you're more than welcome to come visit us and see what we have. Well, Reese, that was a great opportunity. Very cathartic for me to get a little bit off my chest. <laughs> I feel a little bit bad because I feel like we're harping on people about the videos. I mean, the videos don't really have to be perfect, but if you follow a few simple tips and you think about, you know, what you would like to see about your horse and highlighting your horse, I think, uh, I think we'll get a few better videos out there at least anyways, right? Well, it will definitely lead to less laughing when I'm looking for horses. <laughs> and less, less, less frustration. Less laughing and frustration, yeah. Less yeah, laughing and frustration. frustration. So yeah. I am because, glad. Because, you know, half the time I think, wow, this is a great horse. Oh, I wish the video was better, you know? Oh, or I have to email and say, oh, can you please send me another vi- video? And, you know, you don't want to do that. You know, you really want to present just like anything, like you're going, it's essentially an interview. And you want to think that this is your horse is being interviewed and you want to present them in the best light. Be organized, be prepared, and you'll be fine. And, and you're selling a cool horse. So it's yeah. all good. So right. love right. it. Let's not whine too much. Okay. Exactly. Well, well, um, I guess before we finish the show, we got a listener email, which is great. Love these listener emails. Um, This email is from Linda, and I'm just going to kind of get to the pertinent points here. Um, She says she's mainly a trail rider, and at at no time in the near future has has the money for dressage lessons, but she thinks uh, it would be a good idea for her 17-year-old kind of trail horse to to work on on some flat work, and and I agree. It's a great idea, so uh, hopefully we can help you with... uh, a couple of your questions here. Um, getting down to it, she feels like she's working harder than her horse is to keep him going, especially in areas uh, around the gate or or in the arena. She says he's great on the trail, but gets a little pokey in the arena or you know when working on her flat work. Here's the questions: to keep him going, 
Do I keep my leg on? Do I rhythmically bump with my legs? Or do I ask for the next, next gate to get his attention? Two-part question. The second part is about relaxation. She feels he's a naturally pretty relaxed horse with, with, who travels with his neck in a horizontal plane, more or less. Is this relaxation or should she be looking for something more? So first part, how to get him you know, a little bit more peppy, more excited. Second part, relaxation. What do you think, Reese? Yeah, so this is a great question, and actually, I I think of the five lessons I taught today. Three were about this topic. You know, it's, it's a pretty common topic, and and I am not a fan of the rhythmically bumping. I I don't actually know. I, I don't, that's not how I I do it. So I can't answer that part of the question. But for me, you know, we try to keep our horses in front of our leg at all times. So. And we want to make sure that we are... In front of are, your leg. What does that mean, in front of your yeah, leg, Yeah, that's, that, that's a great Break question. it down for me. Break it down. So when you put your leg on your horse, there needs to be a response. And if there's not a response, you need to create a response. And so when you lightly... So whatever aid you're giving, for me, I like to put my leg on. And if nothing happens, the horse does not move or respect or move away from my leg or whatever I'm asking, that horse needs to do that. So... And, and so I will come with a stronger aid. So start with a light aid. That's how we want him to go. That's how we want him to respond. If he doesn't respond, I'm going to go with a heavier aid until the horse responds. So I am getting his or her attention to the fact that I'm asking them a question. So that's a really big thing for me. So I put my leg on. The horse doesn't respond. I give him a bigger kick. And if he doesn't respond to that, uh, if I have a whip, I will tap him with the whip until they respond. As soon as they respond, you release. That's the, hey, good job, way to go. And then you go back and ask again. Again, yeah. starting from the light leg aid and moving to the stronger aid. Yeah. So that's that's for me, that is in getting a horse in front of my leg. So when I put my leg on, that that pony is moving. So, um, and my ponies move a lot. I mean, I hate <laughs> horses. You know, when I put my leg on, I want some fire. And, and every person's a little bit different. I don't train my amateur horses necessarily to be that quick off my leg, but um, because their owners maybe can't stay with them. So it depends. There's some level of, yeah. of that, but that's how, for me, that's how I do it. And Philip, I'm sure you're pretty close to what I just described. <laughs> how do you, uh, yeah, how do you I feel? Mean, uh, we've, we've watched each, other, each other's horses going, so we know how they go. And, and, uh, we like hot horses. Again, we go back yeah. to a little bit of the tip we talked about with Hillary today, Kira Kirkland. You know, uh, we don't want to work too hard when we're up there. So I think um, rhythmically bumping is a lot of hard work. That means as long as yeah. your horse is moving, you're working, right? And I don't like that. So no. um, the idea is, you know, I halt the horse. I touch it with my leg. If it's a little touch, he goes to walk. If it's a little stronger touch, he goes to trot and he stays in that let's call it a quick trot quick walk quick canter until i slow him down yeah not uh, he goes to the slowest gate until i speed him up okay so i think we answered the uh the the getting the horse going or moving him on a little bit you know getting a little bit more rhythmical and excited in the arena second part is a little bit about the relaxation and the neck on a horizontal plane how would you how would you answer this reese yeah, I, I think you and I were talking before we got on air. I'm not yeah. exactly sure what what um, our listeners referring to, so I kind of need a little bit more information. But you know, basically, I because of where w w the comment, it's hard to know. You know, I've seen hunters with a neck on a horizontal plane, so not at all um, on the bit that 
honestly aren't relaxed. So I think the neck is a little bit of a uh, of a, a tricky. It's tough thing. to gauge it by yeah, you know to, one position or one thing about the horse. Exactly. I think relaxation is about uh, you know an overall thing. You know how the horse feels. I mean, I have right. a feeling about this horse that if it's a little bit you know if it's a little bit lazy and you know that it probably is you know the neck is pretty much horizontal it yeah it probably is relaxed probably it probably is, is a little too relaxed actually right know, we need if, to jazz if i'm trying to lip. picture this thing in my mind you know not this thing but this horse in my mind and this this idea so um yeah linda your horse is probably relaxed i think you have probably an overall relaxed. feeling I, about it i also you know yeah i also look at my horse's ears you know are the horse's ears yeah. you know kind of flopping that's a big one um it's important to look at your horse's eyes you know if your horse is spooking i guarantee his eyes it's, are bugging out of his yeah, head it's so not, it's not really relaxed I, I mean, right. relaxation is, is an overall theme and picture and and there's a lot of parts that come into relaxation but if he's not running around he's not spooking He's probably, you know, he's probably relaxed enough. Probably, probably needs yeah. to be woken up a little bit and yeah. uh, and moved on and be just probably a little bit less relaxed and a little bit more worried about what what his job is. So, I think you know that's a that's the impression that I get. I mean, I could could be totally wrong. Um, you know, of course, relaxation is is very important in the horse, but also kind of a little bit more of a workman like attitude is is you know there's there's different degrees of relaxation. So. Um, you know, get working on the forward stuff. I think that's yep. that's my piece of advice here, and and you'll be okay. And and agreed. And, and I think, um, you know, well, that's just at the end of this email. I, my apologies if these questions are too basic for the show. No, there's no there, question no, too basic for no, the show. No, no question that are too basic. And I was just gonna say real quickly, you know, going back to your horse, kind of, you know, not being in front of the aids. More than likely, if we just sort of go back to that pyramid of training, which we talk about a lot, and it's a really good thing you need to understand it so when you're out in the ring by yourself you can sort of diagnose problems that's what really trainers are trained to do but you know if you think okay i can't get my horse by the gate you probably have a rhythm problem just just basic i have a rhythm problem so i need to work that my horse will go around the ring in rhythm and and then if you you go on the scale relaxation is the next one so then you can gauge you know, if you have a rhythm problem, you probably have a relaxation problem. So, you know, you yeah. can kind of gauge things a little bit better that yeah. way. So, I mean, I think, yeah, again, going, just going back to the pyramid, just for a quick second, it has to be the right rhythm and the right relaxation. Right. Right. Both of them. Not yeah. just, you can, you know, um, talk about relaxation as part of the pyramid, but it doesn't mean the horse should be asleep while you're trying right. to work it in a dressage test. I mean, you see lots of nice dressage tests that are a little bit too relaxed and not showing the horse working. So yeah. hopefully, oh, I mean, hopefully that helped out a little bit, Linda. I mean, if you want to write us another email yeah, and give us an talk update. a little we more, that's great. We, we have, we uh, love our listeners to give us topics to, to talk about, to think about. So exactly. Great. So good awesome. luck. Thank you very much. Well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, just search dressage radio show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we'll talk to you next week.